Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Houck, and guys, today's guest is Courtney Dales, and she is one amazing woman. Today's conversation, we dive into our own personal struggles with competing, body image, secretive eating, binge eating, just really deep into our journey of trying to love ourselves and we get vulnerable and we get deep and we share things that we've never talked about out loud. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Here we go. All right, guys. So I am super pumped because we have Courtney Dales here today with me in the podcast. She is a wonder woman with a heart of gold and she's totally been a rock in my life over these past years. Today, we're going to dive really deep into our own personal journeys, guys. Uh, Funny enough, Courtney and I have actually been through um, some same, like some of the same phases in our lives. We both grew up, we were never, never really skinny. We were often the bigger one in our group of friends. We grew up in small towns, like pretty close together, actually, just a few years apart, um, going through those phases. And fitness transformed our lives. And then we decided, oh, let's do a fitness competition. And then after our shows, both of us really struggled big time with binge eating and loving our bodies. And it wasn't until both of us kind of became pregnant at different times, I might add, that we truly learned self-love. So that's what today's episode is all about. And hello, Courtney. I am pumped that you're here. Hi. Yes, me too. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome. I want to go like all the way back to the beginning and just kind of start off with like, what are your earliest memories of your relationship with food and your relationship with your body? Um, I would say like for me, the, the earliest memory I can remember, there's something that will always stick in my brain is it would have been like elementary school. I was probably around like, I think it was grade three. It was right before I switched schools. I had somebody for the first time actually make a comment on my weight. And I think ever since that day, I've been self-conscious. So he made some kind of comment about, he literally just said like, oh, well, you're fat. You You don't get to do this. Like it was in gym class or something. And he straight up called me fat. And I remember just like kind of stopping in my tracks and being like, I'm not fat. Like I'm like everybody else. Right. But I can very vividly remember ever since that day, comparing myself to everybody, every other girl or friend or people I didn't know, like I was constantly comparing myself and that's literally stuck with me for like over, obviously like 15, almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. So that. It's probably my earliest memory of that. As for food, I never really grew up with much of a knowledge for like what was good and what wasn't. Like my typical lunch, like my mom was, don't get me wrong, my parents are great and they took very great care of me. But as for nutrition, I just feel as though that knowledge wasn't instilled in them. So they were doing the best they knew to do for me. And my lunch was always like included, you know, veggies or fruit as a snack, but it was always like it could have been like a Lunchable and I'd always have like two granola bars and fruit roll-ups and there's always snacks in my house like honey buns and brownies and you know my mom was always baking and like dinner was your typical meat and potatoes with a veggie or a spaghetti with garlic bread like it was I lived off of meals like that for my whole life so I was never really 
nobody in my house was really health conscious. Um, and I know my sister had the same struggles as me growing up. And it's, it's a lot of genetic compound, like come coming from that as well. Like my, I have a family history of being overweight and diabetes and heart disease. So it's, it's been passed down from generations. And I just feel as though my relationship with food was, I just kind of thought of food as something that I only ate things that I enjoyed. So I was eating food, like, kind of like to make me feel better. And I can remember like, even starting like pretty young, probably I would say when I was into like my teenage years, when I would get upset, I would, I would eat. I know I can very vividly remember coming home from school. If I had a rough day, I would like raid my snack cabinet and empty it, like eat boxes of granola bars and like already binge patterns were starting when I was just barely a teenager. Um, But at the time to me, it was, it was comfort and that's where I found my comfort and that's where I felt the most relaxed and the most at home was when I was in my own home eating what I like to eat and it made me feel good. So that was kind of where my relationship was with food was at in my younger years. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that that's so nice of you to share that. And just with so much honesty, Courtney. Um, and it's funny how when somebody says something like that to you, it really puts a permanent stamp that is really hard to erase because I remember the same things in comments both in elementary school and in high school about Mm -hmm. me being chubby and that as soon as I decided that I was going to lose weight those people saying those words were like resounding over and over and over in my brain and it was so imprinted on me and there had been probably lots of people in my life that have told that told me I was pretty or beautiful or whatever had been said that were nice things Mm -hmm. about me but those negative comments were really what stuck with me and were like a big motivator for me when it came to trying to lose weight or, or attempting to introduce fitness into my life. So did you feel that same thing when you started to try to lose weight? Did you hear those negative comments in the back of your mind and use it as fuel? Or what was that like for you? Um, yeah, like I would definitely say that I'm, I'm the same as you. I have, a, I have plenty of positive people impacting my life. But all it takes is one comment and that will stick in your head. Like I I use that as motivation. I would say like when I would focus and because throughout high school I would do, I've done like, I used to do so much yo-yo dieting, you know what I mean? So like you, I would focus on like, so something would happen, an event would occur, my pants would, like I've had buttons break on my pants, I've had, so I'm always trying, I was always trying to fit into smaller clothes to try to, you know, be like everybody else. And so there's things like that, like comments from people or like, events that were happening were driving me to push myself to try to lose the weight and using those as motivators. Sometimes I just personally, for me doing something like trying to lose weight or trying to be healthier from somebody else or some external pushing you, it always ended up expiring. Like I would think of like oh yeah like this person said this I'm gonna go crazy I'm gonna lose 10 pounds and then you know after you get through like a couple of weeks and you're kind of like you forget and you feel good and you're like oh whatever and then it kind of fades and then something else happens so like personally for me that's kind of where 
I guess like I learned from from you is that you can't necessarily use like it's great to use those as motivators but it's at the end of the day you have to do it for yourself and you have to you know be your own motivation and I know that's like such a cliche thing to say but it's so true the only time I've ever found extreme success is when I really dug deep and used myself as my motivator and stopped comparing to others and using negative energy to fuel my trying to make a positive lifestyle because negative energy is never going to get you as far as just being positive and trying to, you know, motivate yourself versus using stuff like that to push you. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the interesting part is that you brought up the fact that it, there is that expiration. And that was something for me that I learned early on that at some point that does fizzle out and then what is it that you do afterwards. Yeah. So let's talk about when me and you linked up or when we crossed paths, Courtney. So where were you at at that point? Um, at that point in time, I had just fairly recently moved back to Ontario. So I had gone on a big move. My boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, he had started college in, uh, in Alberta. So I moved out there with him. And I looked for a job and I randomly got a job at a Herbal Magic um, and started being a coach there. And I ended up losing close to 50 pounds while I worked uh, at the at the center um, for that year that I lived there. And then I moved back around April. And I believe we I started working with you in August of that year. So from April to August, I was living alone because my husband had actually got a job and he moved out to Saskatoon. So I was living in uh, Kitchener, Ontario by myself. And I went crazy that summer. I went crazy on booze and pizza. And I was working in a salon, which if anyone listening has worked in a salon before, it's very hard to develop healthy lifestyle just because of the amount that you're working. And like, I don't know, it's just my experience. We eat bad when I work at a salon. Like, you order pizza or you stay late and you're eating at 11 o'clock at night sometimes and staying up really late. And like the girls I met there, it was awesome. Like we would go out every Thursday night and then we'd go out on the weekends and like we would drink a bottle of wine on a Wednesday for fun. Like it was a great summer, but I ended up putting on, I think it would have been, it was close to 40 pounds from April to August. So I'd put on almost all the weight back on that I lost over the course of that year when I was living in Alberta. So I just remember thinking like, I need help. And I was trying to do it myself. And obviously it wasn't working. And I knew that I needed somebody else to help me. So I remember talking to talking to my boyfriend slash husband now about, uh, I just said like, oh, I saw this, this Angela girl and like, maybe she could help me. And he's like, oh yeah, she's from Teeswater. Like he grew up in the same town. So, well, Walkerton, which is close, and then he's from Teeswater, and he's like, yeah, she taught my sister dance, like, you should do it, and, like, I kind of was relying on him, because he was the one that was really, like, making more of the money, so I'm really thankful that he's been so supportive of me this whole time, and he said, do it, like, that's awesome, because he watched me kind of, it was strange, I remember him saying to me, like, he could kind of tell I was gaining weight, but he was he would never say anything, because... I only saw him once that summer and we would FaceTime and stuff. And I remember him thinking or telling me he was thinking like, oh, I hope that, you know, like she's, he could, he could tell and he could tell it was affecting me negatively too. Like I was, I was struggling mentally with like 
gaining weight and gaining it that fast because I had never experienced that quickly of weight gain ever before. Um, just from coming out of something where I was in an extreme deficit of calories and then going into an extreme surplus, um, the weight just packed on very, very quickly and very differently than I ever had experienced weight gain before. So I was pretty like desperate for help. And so then I connected with you, I think it was August of 2015. Okay. And guys, I got to tell you, where Courtney was at that point from my perspective um, as her coach. So she decided that she was going to sign up and she had tons of enthusiasm and like we had an amazing first consultation and we chatted and it was like, oh, this girl is so, she's ready to go, right? So I'm like, this is awesome. I'm pumped to work with this girl. And then I don't remember if it was like you had got your plan and then It was the very first day that you went to like go do it and I received a message from you that was just so emotional and just like breaking down because that journey to the gym and that like time to go try your workout wasn't what you thought it was going to be. So let's let's tell our audience a little bit about what that was like. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, I, I headed to the gym and I was in Kitchener. I'd, I'd been to a gym before in Kincardine and just done classes or been on the treadmill. And that was the extent of my fitness life. I played some sports growing up, but it was pretty much just soccer and I did like horseback riding. So I've not, I've never been like a person who's worked in the gym. So I remember when I signed up, I signed up and then I didn't even stay to work out. This was like before. Because I was like, she's like, oh, are you going to stay and work out? I'm like, nope. And I beelined it out of there. I was so afraid. So I got a membership. And then when I went in for my first workout, I'm pretty sure I sat in my car for 20 minutes before I even went in. Because I was freaking out. It's just like, I don't know. As people, as many people know, like going into a gym that you've never been in before, even as an advanced athlete can still be kind of intimidating. Because you're not sure, you know, who's going to be there, what the environment or the vibe is going to be like. Um, And I just found this gym was always very busy and it was, I don't, I just, the vibe wasn't for me. Even looking back now, I definitely wouldn't go back there. It wasn't where I wanted to be, but mostly for me, it was just overcoming this extreme anxiety I was having about going into the gym, Um, which I think has built up over time, just being so, so over aware and self-conscious that people are watching me and that people are making fun of me. Um... So I remember going in, I I can't even remember, I think it was a leg day or something, I don't know. But I went in and I I was supposed to just lift that day, I didn't have any cardio, but I went in, I just sat on a bike, and I just pedaled for 20 minutes, just kind of sitting there looking around. And this gym was two floors, so the cardio equipment's on the bottom floor, and then the rest of, like, the weight training equipment is on the top floor. So I was just sitting on the bike, kind of waiting, and I was, like, watching and watching people coming down out the door from upstairs. I'm like, oh my god, they all look they all look so great like they're all skinny and they're all like strong or they're there's a lot of guys there a lot of bodybuilding guys and wife beaters so that was pretty intimidating for me um and yeah I end up walking up the stairs and I'm just surrounded and I honestly like at the time I literally felt like I walked in and everyone turned and looked at me like they I feel like they're everyone kind of knew each other so they were like who is this girl like and it probably wasn't even as bad as what I remember, but it's my perspective. And I I was freaking out, like losing my mind. I had already, like I, my eyes, were, I remember my eyes were already filling up with tears before I even picked up a weight. 
And uh, so I started my workout. I was trying. It was like a couple of machines. And then I had some some squats. I'd never squatted before. I've never like and it was so busy. So I started a couple things. I maybe got through my first superset. And I was bawling and I had to run down the stairs and grab my stuff. And I went and sat in my car and I cried for like 30 minutes at least. And then I remember just like messaging you and I almost didn't because like I felt so silly and like so ridiculous. Like you're the one who signed up for this. Why can't you just do it? But it's like as soon as you're in it, you're like, whoa, like this is a whole new world. And it really is. And I I wish I still had that message. I wish trainer eyes would save them from that far back. But I just remember like I'm like you know what, if I'm going to hire a coach, I have to be vulnerable, I have to be honest with her, and I have to tell her how I'm feeling, because at that moment in time, I wanted to give up. I'm not sure if I said it to you or not, but I remember thinking, like, I think I'll just do home workouts, like, I don't think, I think I did say that. Like You I did, think, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go to the gym, I think I'm just going to work out at home. I had no equipment at home, like, I couldn't, I lived in this tiny apartment, like, I needed to go, and like, I, I wanted to, but when I was doing it, I'm like, there's no way I'm never coming back here, like, ever again, like, I'm never gonna work out, I'm just gonna be fat forever, I give up, like, and I haven't even done anything yet, so, yeah, that was a very emotional night for me, I just, it was, it was bad, <laughs> it was very overwhelming, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, I'm just seeing if I have it here, on my side of things. Yeah, you might, I know my message is kind of, uh, They'll delete on They yours. disappear. Yeah. And three years. Yeah, I have it. I have it here. Okay. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, well, I'll read yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. So I found the message here. So this was August 31st of 2015. And this is what Courtney said. So I got through my cardio and my first superset, but I had to leave because I was getting crazy anxiety being up in the weight room. I don't really know why, but I was just all of a sudden so overwhelmed. I'm probably just being crazy. I'll go do the other superset in my living room. Sad face. And then I said, hey, Court, thanks for sharing your experience honestly. I can assure you that I've been in that exact place a hundred times before. The whole environment is very intimidating. I promise it gets easier with time. Right now we have a couple of options. A, we can do the strength training workouts at home and save the cardio for the gym until you feel more comfortable. Or B, rehearse the motions on a call together so that you feel more confident and then try to go back this week. Both will produce awesome results. Let me know your thoughts. And then you said, so sorry to bug you so late. I just needed to get this out. I think for now, I'll just try doing them at home if that's okay. Maybe once I feel better, I'll be able to do them. I know there isn't anyone watching me, but it honestly just freaked me out. I figured there wouldn't be anyone here this late in the evening. This is a big reason why I have never really been able to keep up with anything other than cardio. My anxiety goes into full gear. I have a World Gym membership, so maybe I'll go see if the Cambridge or Waterloo locations have a more private area. I just felt like people were crawling over top of me, and I was in the way, and I looked like an idiot. Anyways, my rant is over. I'm home now. I'll do my next superset with only my cat to judge me. (laughs) And then a couple days later, no, the next day, you said... And I decided to check out the Waterloo World Gym, and it's totally awesome. It has a small, private, women's-only room that I felt totally comfortable in. There was only four other girls in it, and it's only 10 minutes further than the Kitchener one, but it'll totally be worth it. And then I said, I'm so happy to hear that you were able to find that. So I just love that in that moment, you 
although scared and probably after that that night we're a little bit scarred right like we yeah when we go and we have an experience like that it is really hard to face that fear again so you instead of saying like I'm gonna give up altogether you just started to explore alternatives and I think that that is incredible but guys I just gotta let you know like where Courtney has came from from like August of 2015 will absolutely blow your mind. So we need to get into what happened after we took ourselves from being a beginner exerciser, afraid of the gym, like working on your relationship with food through flexible dieting to the next chapter. So Courtney, can you share that with us? Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, after I found that Waterloo location, I I began to really fall in love with lifting and fall in love with with being in the gym. Like, it was awesome. With the women's only room, it was a great place for me to start. And I definitely recommend that to any new lifters if you're able to find somewhere if you're uncomfortable for women. Um, it was really, really, really awesome for me. They had a very big facility with lots of cables and machines and dumbbells. So I was able to complete my workouts in there. And I ended up eventually, like once I built up my confidence, I was able to migrate out into the gym. And that's where I truly like started to feel my passion kind of beginning. And uh, I just remember, I don't, I'm trying to think of when, I think what it was for me, like if we're going to get into kind of like why I decided to take it to the next level and do a competition, I a lot of it was it was around that time that you were sharing a lot of your clients' journeys and it was when you had a lot of a lot of clients doing a UFE show and you guys were doing photo shoots and I just remember being like, Wow, like it, it to me I thought I remember asking you, I'm like, could I ever do that? I thought you were gonna say no. Like I almost didn't ask because I was like, I like this, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I was tracking my own macros, I was doing pretty good and I had lost a little bit of weight, but that's another thing. Like my weight wasn't going down significantly, but my body was completely different. Like my body composition was changing and, uh, it was cool to me because I had never experienced body recomposition before. I'd only ever experienced like straight up fat loss where you just look like a smaller version of yourself versus, you know, changing and building muscle and learning new movements and that kind of thing. So I, uh, yeah, I would say my passion for fitness really kind of started. It was there, but the fire definitely lit inside me when I decided that I wanted to compete and I wanted to do a show. And a lot of your clients, like somebody who's a big inspiration for me is one of my good friends, Taylor Summers. I remember watching her and I was like, oh my God, like she looks great. Like I think I could do that. And you took her through so much and like she looked awesome. And I remember watching her and you, like you looked incredible. And I was just kind of like, okay, like, I think, I think I can do that. And I just, I remember talking to Isaac about it and being like, should I ask her? Like, I think she'll say no. I think she'll say I can do it in five years or two years. And he's like, whatever, just ask her and see what you say. Right. And you put me right into a build. And like, I would say those like five, I think it was five months that I built for those. Yeah, it was January to June. So almost, almost six months. And that was really when I kind of came out of my shell and I would walk into my gym. This is when I was living out in Saskatoon and I would walk into the gym and I would go in with like complete confidence and a total 180 from where I had been just not even that long before, like literally August, like it wasn't that long 
it was in January and I was doing my build and I was getting my lifts like heavier like I was moving twice my body weight I remember I was hip thrusting like close like 400 pounds like I was I was going crazy like it was awesome and it was something like that has always been my favorite point in my journey and both times that I, I have been through a couple of other like mini builds with you as well and like I love that I love going into the gym and feeling like a badass and feeling like powerful and that's like very it's something that I never felt in my life because I've never been really that good at anything when it comes to like sports or anything that I could do like you know I was always artistic I was always creative but I never had that like you know I was always envious of the girls that were really good at like playing soccer and like I never made sports teams when I try out for them because I sucked Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be good and like now I had found a sport. I could call myself an athlete for the first time in my life. And that was really, really cool for me to uh, be able to say. Yeah. And to actually be able to compete against yourself every single time you go to train just is so cool. Like for me, I had never, I was the same as you. So I had never played sports. I'm so freaking uncoordinated (laughs) I'm terrible like I have really slow reaction time so like even when people try to pass me the ball or whatever it's like it's already passed me and then I'm like going (laughs) to grab it so yeah (laughs) yeah so I love that like I love that it's like okay last week I did this and like next week I'm going to do this and it really is that like competition against yourself when you're in a phase of building or in a phase of focusing on strength. So very cool. So then Courtney, so she did a build and then we decided, okay, now it's time to cut and lean out. And this particular journey was probably the leanest you've ever been, right, Court? Yeah, I can't, I couldn't even remember a time. Like I'm pretty sure weight wise, like if we're like just going off of numbers, the lowest I got on my prep was around 130 pounds. And I remember going into like grade nine, I didn't start weighing myself till like grade eight, grade nine. But the first time I ever weighed myself, I think I weighed like 150. So the smallest number I'd ever seen on the scale in my life. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was pretty crazy that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And how did you feel about your body during that time? So during the process of leaning out and preparing for the competition and doing your posing and all of that, what was your relationship with your body like at that point? Um, it's kind of funny because my whole life I had strive to be thin, strive to be lean, and I want it to be skinny. And I, looking back, like if you had, if even if you had shown the old me photos, I would have been like, wow, I look great. But honestly, while I was in it, I still felt when I looked in the mirror, I saw a girl that weighed 190 pounds. It didn't matter, like, you know, like I would do posing and I'm like, oh my god, like, there were times like, that I would be like, why am I even doing this? I'm going to look fat. I'm going to look overweight next to everybody on the stage. And and that was my end of my goal. I wasn't going into my show wanting to place. I just wanted to go and like fit in. I wanted to look, you know, like I belong there. Not that I had just, you know, tried and still did it. And I knew you wouldn't let me if I wasn't going to be ready. And And yeah, so I feel like my relationship with my body kind of like during my build, it was great. And throughout my prep, I just started to be way harder on myself. 
and I started to pick myself apart, like nitpicking, which when you're doing a a, a cut like that, you kind of have to be because you are trying to get to a certain point of leanness coming from somewhere else. And I did have a significant way to go. Started my prep around 170 pounds and I ended around 130 over the course of 20 weeks. So it was like a, it was an intense fat loss phase and I was pushing myself very hard, but it was, I would say it kind of, it, it affected, it affected me pretty, pretty hard mentally looking in the mirror and still not, still not loving myself. It was like, I was still experiencing the same feelings that I had for years that I was still fat. I was still overweight. I still, my clothes were getting smaller and nothing was fit. Like my like I was buying smaller clothes and my, my old clothes were too big. And, you know, like my fiance was saying, you look awesome. Like you don't even look like yourself. Like you look great and everyone's commenting on it. But to me, it was like, and, and I did share quite a bit on social media, which honestly, like for me, looking back, it was more to get that reassurance from people because people love to, I have a lot of positive followers and people in my life, like family and friends that loved to were really great throughout that time pushing me and like you know giving me positive feedback and that was great for me but like at the time I feel like I kind of used it because I needed it because I didn't give myself that positive feedback I had other people and yourself and our other the, our nutrition coach like and her uh like Laura who would do my macros she's like you look great and like people were very positive but I never gave myself the amount of positive feedback that I deserved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really, it's a really tough spot to be at. For me, getting that attention feels weird. If if that makes mm-hmm. sense, like if you've been somebody who's never been in the spotlight like that it almost does feel like the forbidden fruit in some way. Like you have never had attention over your body in your entire life. And then all of a sudden people are starting to be like, whoa, you look so good. And like it almost, you don't even believe it too. It's like, yes, you are putting it out there and you're getting that reinforcement, but it's still not enough because you – you almost haven't had it for like any of your life. So it's like you keep on chasing it because it's like you don't see it when you look in the mirror and you're like, somebody pinch me because this isn't real at the same time. You know, it's just, it's so weird if you've never had it. And that's what I found for me and not even just competition prep journey, but as soon as I like started to lose weight and get attention, it became something like you – in many ways are using it as the validation that like Mm -hmm. you are, you are enough now. And the struggle for me was the fact that like, I felt as though up until that point, I guess I wasn't enough because until I got skinny, nobody paid attention to me. And then you all of a sudden change your body. And then you start to like question everything because you're like, I never had any of this attention before. And then you start to be like, well, am I really a good person? Like you just get into this whole mental battle of like, I'm only enough if I'm skinny and like, I'm only enough if other people tell me that I look good. And I'm only like at a place where like, I love what I'm looking in the mirror if I have validation from other people. And what happens at that point, and this is exactly where I want to go next with this conversation court is that what happens after the show is the show is great. But the emptiness inside and the, the, the low that you go to after coming off of that high 
is one of the darkest places that anybody could be. So I want to talk about both your experience and my experience um, coming off the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy, the validation that <laughs> that you strive for. It's Yeah. And like, I felt I had the same experience that way with like, even post show, I would have, I had so many people like message me being like, you look incredible. Like, look at you, look at you. And I've never had that before ever in my life, except for from like close family and friends that have always supported me no matter what. But yeah, like coming, coming out of show day, I just remember like, up building up to show day like you're so depleted you're so like ready and like like I said earlier it's like my mindset when I was younger like I had food was my comfort food was my best friend so going through 20 weeks of cutting out all the foods that I personally really really love um it impacted me pretty hard because I went into show day like I bought so much candy I was like I'm going to eat everything. I'm going to eat all of the stuff. I want a cheeseburger. I want pizza. I want all this stuff. And yeah, I even remember like between pre-judging and finals, I like tasted something and I was like, oh my God. And I had to put it down because I almost, I would have binged on it and then I would have been super bloated for finals. So I just left it. But then afterwards we all kind of hung out and like I ate so much food and I was just like, I wasn't even really absorbing the environment around me. Like I had so many friends come to my show and it was so incredible. And like, all I wanted to do was eat. I just wanted to eat. We got like truffles. We got so much stuff. I bought food while I was in New York. So I bought like a bunch of candy and like, I was just sitting there eating out of this bag and like, nobody was judging me because they're like, you deserve it. Like eat. And like, my friends are encouraging me to eat it because you know, they don't know what's going on in the back of my mind. They don't know that I'm eating it out of maybe a different reason than I should be. Um, and then that night we went out and like we all got drunk and it was really fun. And But I just remember waking up and that following day I had to go and I was shopping for wedding dresses. And uh, <laughs> I woke up feeling pretty freaking empty. Like I was hungover. I was in like very inflamed. My stomach was hurting. I woke up being like, whoa, like what just happened to me? And then I was like, but it's the day after my show. It's the next day. And I know I had two on track days after my show. So I was like, two on track days. I'm going to go freaking ham. I'm going to eat whatever I want. So we ended up going to Cora's and I got this breakfast that was literally bigger than me. My my friend took a picture because she's like, your breakfast is actually bigger than you right now. And I ate the whole thing and then went and tried on wedding dresses felt like shit while I was trying on wedding dresses because I was whatever looking back at pictures now I look great but (laughs) I felt like I was big again like you know like mirrors all around you're wearing a white dress and then got like cheeseburger and fries and all that stuff like I was on such a high um whenever I would eat I would get so excited I got like a milkshake like I hadn't had dairy in so long and it was awesome um until driving home I was driving with one of my friends and it took us like what, like five hours to get home from Hamilton because I had to stop to go to the bathroom, not even kidding you, every 20 minutes. And I was so sick. My body was like, what have you done to me? Like you, I've restricted and restricted and restricted and worked so hard. And then I literally, I went crazy, like over the top, what anyone would ever, should ever do. And I think a lot of that was derived from my past, from my habits that 
I, I literally was at one point in my life, I was addicted to food. And I literally would get a feeling of like highness off of eating something that I really enjoyed. And it was like it when you cut stuff out for that long, it becomes extra palatable when you do eat it after so long. It's like it tastes a million times better. And so I feel like after that day after my show, I remember Monday morning, I'm like, hey, it's Monday. Like I was in school. So I'm like, I'm going to do good. I'm going to do this and this. I'm, I would plan out my days and I would plan out my macros and then the time would come and like I would do good all day. I'd do good at school. I'd still pack my food or I'd grab a salad or whatever. And then I would go home and I would eat everything. It's like the exact same habits that I went through as a kid. You know, like you have a rough day, you eat everything that's in your cupboard. I remember one night I had nothing because I stopped, I tried not to buy stuff so I wouldn't eat it. And, uh, I ate like a whole pack of rice cakes. Like I literally ate, I think I had like 20 12. rice cakes. Well, it's the 12, yeah. it's 12 yeah. if you have all of them. Cause I've done yeah. the same thing. It's 12 big ones yeah. with mm-hmm. peanut butter and sea salt on them. And I just was sitting in my bed. I had to just had a shower. I was like, my hair was all wet and I was just like eating and eating and eating and eating. And I wasn't even thinking it was so mindless. It was so robotic and I didn't even feel good, but I was like, I need to eat this. Like, I need to finish these. These need to be gone. I have to get rid of them so I don't do this again. So I'm going to do this now. I'm going to eat all of these. Mm-hmm. And then there was times, too, where I'd go to the grocery store and get, you know, like, healthier versions of treats. Like, I got these, like, little vegan brownie bites. So I'm like, oh, these are cool. Like, they have protein in them. Like, these will be perfect. Like, I can have two post-workout. And then that night I went home and I ate the whole bag of them. I ate, like, 30. And they were gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's... It's crazy. I had never experienced anything like that before. Like so totally like the best word to describe it is is mindless. Like you don't even know what you're doing until after you look down and you're like, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. And I was always all alone in a room, turn the lights off and I'd sit there and I would eat. Mm-hmm. And I'd look at food posts on Instagram and I would make it and then I'd eat it or I'd <laughs> like food was controlling my life. It had taken over and I had gone so long scheduling my meals like my your life still does revolve around food and and exercise when you're on prep it's just different your meals are planned you have what you have and that's it but now it's like my I was still letting my world revolve around food but it was it was different it was I would eat good all day and I'm like oh I'm probably gonna I'm gonna be good when I get home and then I get home and I'm like go out and get ice cream and a cheeseburger and eat it in my car in the dark and parking lot. Like, why? Why did I have to do that? Like, I wasn't even enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't even taste good anymore. After a couple of weeks, it was like, yeah. And mm-hmm. we had that photo shoot too. So I was six weeks out from a photo shoot. And uh, so that was stressful because I was trying to still be good and reverse properly, but I couldn't. It was taking control of me and I, I had, I had no power. Like, it was it was like literally engulfing me. Like I, I don't know. It was, I think too, I didn't realize it cause I had a like very, very similar situation as you court, but I didn't realize it at the time, but it really was filling the emptiness for me that like, once the show was over, like literally there was a bunch of things that I had pushed to the side that I wasn't dealing with. So like emotions that I wasn't dealing with, like unhappiness of like what I wasn't dealing with. And it was like, 
it just be food became the way that I was able to become completely numb and like fill that emptiness, not forever, but like temporarily. And it's very much so if anybody has ever struggled with binge eating, when it's happening, you literally feel like you're watching yourself from the outside, looking mm-hmm. down at yourself, but you can't stop. It's like when you're having a dream and you want to wake up, but you just can't because you're looking at it from like an external perspective and everything that's going on physiologically within your body it just takes hold of you like for me my very first time was like half a jar of peanut butter and I had ate so much peanut butter that it literally felt like my throat would like my entire throat was like clogged that I could not put any more in but I like could not stop it and I was like what the fuck is going on right now and I also very much so would eat in my car and also working in the fitness industry, I was like, nobody can see me eat shitty food. So like, <laughs> I was always eating shitty food in secrecy, because I didn't want anybody to see me do it. And like eating to the point of like, I remember one time I got like a large pizza and literally like ate the entire pizza and like in secrecy. Um, and yeah, like, my stomach was in so many knots and hurt so badly, but I was like, I got to finish it. Cause like tomorrow I can't have any more pizza. And I would yeah. just keep on making this deal with myself that like, I have to finish it today. Cause tomorrow I can't have it. And it was just like, so, so bad. And it, it really was just like, I was in a really dark place. I was, I hated my body. So like, it was almost like a way of hurting myself. If that makes sense. Like it was like, you aren't worthy, like you already look like shit. And like, it was like for that time, it gave me happiness. And for that time, it gave me joy. But like, really, it was like, I was waking up every day and just feeling like shit, like I hated what I looked like. And going from what your body looks like when you're lean into gaining even the smallest amount of weight really fucks with your head because it'll be like, you'll see the scale go up or like you'll have a couple glasses of wine with a friend and you feel like you ballooned and you're just in this place of like even looking fit or healthy to the average person, you hate your appearance and you do not love yourself because you're coming off of that. So did you experience something similar to that when you were looking at yourself in the mirror? Absolutely, yeah. I I had thoughts of like dropping out of that photo shoot that we were doing because I'm like I look awful like why am I going to take photos if I think between my show and the photo shoot I gained like eight to nine pounds uh I was like around 144 I think show day I was like 133 so maybe 10 11 and uh but to me like 10 or 11 pounds I had worked weeks to work that off and it was back almost right away and I was like whoa like what is happening and my body to me I was getting fatter by the day when I look every morning when I'd wake up I'm like oh like that's something new I haven't seen or there goes a line that I had it's disappeared like you can't see my muscles anymore I look awful and like my tan faded and you know we're pale yeah yeah (laughs) the paler you are I I feel like when whenever I get a spray tan I'm like damn I lost like 10 pounds but oh yeah (laughs) I know right even now like (laughs) But yeah, so my tan, like, you know, the tan fades and the high fades and you're just like, I would just still like I had done on prep. I was so used to it. You know, I would weigh my, I want to say at that point in time, like I remember between my show and the photo shoot, I would probably weigh myself like upwards of 10 times a day, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. But I was so picking myself apart. 
I would weigh myself when I woke up and then I would eat breakfast and I'd weigh myself. I'm like, oh, that that's a lot. Like, okay, don't eat for a while. And then I'd weigh myself when I got home from school and I'd weigh myself before bed and I'd weigh myself. Like it got to a point where it was like obsessive and I was so obsessed with watching that number and like, and it's almost, it's so backwards. Like the days I would wake up and my weight went down because I had a good day. Then in my head, I'm like, oh, you had a good day yesterday. Like you can go, you can go eat a pizza. And like, mm-hmm, so then mm-hmm. I did. And then the next day I was up like six pounds because it's mostly fluid, but my body was like, what is happening? Cause it's so up and down. Mm-hmm. And I had just the worst, probably the worst self self-perception, self-image that I had ever had in my whole life. Because mm-hmm. I was still smaller than I had ever, ever been before. But to me, like, I looked bigger than I had ever been. And I felt like even two days after waking up after my show, I'm like, well, basically, I was back where I started. Mm-hmm. I was like, I look the same. Like, why did I do this? Like, this is so stupid. Now I'm I, everything I work for is gone. And... And you feel like the entire world is watching you. Like, I remember being so obsessed, like, oh, I can't go hang out with that person because they're going to be like, oh, you're fat now. Or I can't go like, oh, I better just like try to get a little bit skinnier before I go see that person because they already saw me. You know, like you, you Mm -hmm. literally feel like everybody is like hyper focused on you and they care so much about your body and the way that you look because they have been up until this point being really encouraging, right? They've been Mm -hmm. like, you look awesome. You look great. And I'm like, they're going to see me and they're going to be like, yo, you're a fat cat. What happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally that, or they're going to, or if I eat something in front of them, they're going to be like, whoa, like she shouldn't be eating that right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just always felt like there was all this judgment and whether that judgment was real or not real, it didn't matter. It was still like, I could not escape it in my mind. Yeah. And it's crazy too. Like for me and like, remember I, I'm like saying like through my prep, I had posted so much and I actually created a blog and like, I'm not a very open person, but I wanted to share that journey. And I literally posted so much stuff, like posted show day, show day, like it was so great. And then my next post, if you look at my Instagram feed, was from the day of the photo shoot. So I literally like social media blacked out for six weeks because I'm like, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. I can't post on my social media because I look like shit. I look fat. People are going to look at it and be like, oh my God, it's been two weeks and she looks awful like she looks so fat she looks worse than she did and mm-hmm. and they're gonna judge me and they're gonna you know like I never you know you see some people sharing like cheat meal post show like I didn't mm-hmm. I, I didn't want people to know and yeah. I didn't want to see anyone like when I would come home I was wearing baggy clothes because when I would come back to King Carter I'm like I don't want people to look at me I don't want mm-hmm. them to judge me because I know they will and I didn't even want to go to the gym anymore I would still make myself go because I would do it to overcompensate for the food I was eating but I didn't like being there I felt awful I felt like anyone who was there had watched me lean out and now they're like oh like look at you now like (laughs) even Mm -hmm. though I pretty much look the same like Mm -hmm. obviously you're depleted and you don't look exactly the same but I still looked fine to the average person I looked great but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. me I looked horrible (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that kind of brings us to you had a little period of intuitive eating that followed, but I want to kind of talk about what happened for me when I was binge eating and caught up mm-hmm. in that. Is I got pregnant, guys, and 
at that point I had been binge eating and my weight was like the heaviest it had been in like a really, really long time when I got pregnant. Um, so I think I was, when I got pregnant, I think I was either 160 or 165 and like generally my weight will sit around 140 without much effort. So like 140 is kind of like my set point. Um, so I was there and then I got pregnant and I was like, fuck, I'm already fat. And like, now I'm pregnant. So now fuck, like, and immediately, (laughs) instead of getting excited about like, I'm gonna have a baby, I was like, still in this really bad mind frame of like, yo, now I'm gonna get super fat. And like, what I like, what am I gonna do? Like, I was just in this mindset of like, what in the world is gonna go next? And like, I didn't think I had it in me to be a mom because at that point I was incredibly selfish, like really, really selfish and very focused on myself and really nobody else. Um, But then the universe planted pregnancy into my little belly. And that's the beautiful part of this story and kind of where Courtney and I align in both escaping binge eating but also getting to a place of like self-love and positive self-esteem on the daily um so I want to talk a little bit about my experiences with that with you guys so so this happens and I tell my now fiance that we're gonna have a baby and he's just like he's excited like we weren't planning it but he's just like pumped over the moon and there I am just like bawling my fucking eyes out like so not even thinking like like not excited at all like like the honest to goodness truth was just my concern about my body and then as I worked my way through pregnancy I can't even describe to you how it changed my mind like it literally watching this little child inside of me and starting to feel the kicks and just thinking about like, okay, and you are becoming a mom. What kind of mom do you want to be? What kind of example do you want to be? Like, look at what you're doing. You are growing this like thing inside of you who isn't going to be your child. Like, take a look at your life and really think about like, do you want your child to grow up and always see their mom dieting or always see their mom being self-conscious or always just see their mom unhappy and I'm like hell no I want I want them to see their mom as being somebody who's strong who takes care of herself but like is not obsessed and not like doing all of these crazy things that I've been doing over the past couple years with my eating habits like I can't be that kind of role model I can't be that kind of person and really becoming pregnant put all of those lessons in my face and I was like okay and you got to find self-love and you have to dig way deeper because the food's not going to fill the emptiness and this like self-love has to literally be coming from you when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and yes my face got chubbier and yes there were times when I'm like I got cellulite on cellulite on cellulite (laughs) but that was so good for me that was so good for me to be like and you're fucking awesome the way that you are stop trying stop trying to be so so concerned about your body that you lose sight of who you are as a person and that's I it's it's crazy but that was the that was the lesson for me and yes I've been on a profound weight loss journey afterwards and yes I am preparing for a competition right now 
But what is so different for me right now that has been unlike anything in the past is A, above all, I got to be a good mom and that will always take precedence over the competition. And B, I was at a place of complete self-love before I started the show. Like I am at a place right now where it's like, dude, I look scrawny. Like, yes, I want to win and I want to look good. But like, I'm not at a place where like, I'm like, oh, I love what I look like. I got to stay here. Like, I'm not going to stay here, guys. You're going to see on my social media, I'm going to gain weight. I do not want to look like super shredded because I'm getting married in September. And being at that place going through the prep versus being like, okay, I'm at like 10% body fat, better stay here for my wedding. You know, like I'm not in that headspace before where it was like, I want to be, you know, I want to be super, super lean and then try to stay there after my show. I'm looking forward to like, it's going to be fine. Like I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to like, I even said to Paul, I said, I'm going to send you this message right now on what my body looks like. And it was around about 10 pounds heavier than what I am right now is 130. I said, I'm sending you an email right now telling you this is where I want to look, what I want to look like on my wedding day. Because when I come off of my show and I maybe say something that's crazy, you are going to pull this email up and you're going to be like, no, and you said this is where you want to look. So we're going to reverse diet you. And that's where we're going to put you like I think it's good to put that in the forefront ahead of time because then I'm like, okay, that's that's the goal. That's the goal that I've told my coach I'm getting to. Don't want my coach to like reverse me super, super slow so that I like stay super shredded. I want to stay in the mind frame of like, no girl, that that's not you. You don't want to look back on your wedding pictures and be like, who is that 115 pound girl that looks like so scrawny and like so muscular and then – like, that's not you in real life for the rest of your life. So it's just, it's weird, right? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I need to be in that headspace. So that was kind of my experience with all of that core. Now, what about you? What was what was that next stage like after binging? Um, so I went through a lot of cycles mentally. There was, two, I think, two times in there that I was like, I'm going to compete again. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> And we would start and then I would give up and like, uh, I just was searching for validation. I was gaining weight. I had initially, I think Christmas was bad. Christmas, I probably put on 15, almost 20 pounds over the course of like three weeks in December post photo shoot. So that brought me up to like 30 pounds over stage weight by like my birthday. And so, but I do actually kind of like personally, I like my body like around 150, 160. So I was okay. I was like, no, this is fine. Like I feel good and whatever. But I was still experiencing some binging, not to the extent that I was, but, and so I, we had just start, decided to start me on intuitive eating and uh, it was difficult. It was something that at first was really hard to do, but I'm glad that I experienced it. Um, I did still end up like gaining some weight, but I was slowly getting to the point where I was becoming happier with my body. I still wasn't quite there. Even for my wedding, like I got married in August and I, one of the worst things ever was when I finally picked up my dress. I had this whole like thing with my dress that it got lost in the mail and they had to send me a new one, whatever. But like, keep in mind, I had went and tried on dresses the day after my show and I ordered a dress that day because in my head I'm like you're gonna stay this lean it's fine get it get one size up that's good 
And I picked up my dress and I'm like, this wouldn't even fit on my thigh. Like I'm screwed. I have no dress. I'm too fat. Now I'm now I'm fat and I don't have a wedding dress. And my wedding is in three months. So that's great. So at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to diet really hard and I'm going to get skinny again so that on my wedding I can wear my dress the way it is. I'm not going to get it altered. And then after thinking about it for a while and trying to diet for a couple weeks, I was like, I can't do it. Like there's no way. Like the dress was, I think, a size eight in dress sizes. So pretty small. I probably could have used at least a 12 at the time. Um, so I ended up getting it. I went to a great girl. She fixed it for me and put a course in the back and I loved it. And looking back now at photos of my wedding, like I was so free and like so happy that day that like, thank God I hadn't stayed lean. If I had stayed and like never gone through what I went through and I was restricted and restricted and restricted, I would have gone through it eventually. But I truly enjoyed my wedding day and I never felt self-conscious on my wedding day. And that was, that was really cool. Like that was kind of a day that I'll always remember as like, I felt happy in my body. I felt happy in my skin. No, I didn't feel like supermodel thin, but I did. I, I still like, I feel like I was very comfortable on that day. And I, I didn't think about a macro once on my wedding day. And I remember you said that to me, you said like, that's when we were kind of still working on intuitive eating. And it was like, like, no, I don't want to be stressing about how many grams of fat I've had on my wedding day. Like, who wants to do that? <laughs> and so that was really cool. Like, I got to that place where I was okay. And like, still, honestly, though, still like that whole summer, still going through episodes of emotional eating and dealing with that. Um, and then we, like, my husband and I talked about it. And we decided that we wanted to start trying to have a baby. And I remember I even said to him, I'm like, I want to try to have a baby, but I think I want to lose 20 pounds first. And he just looked at me and he's like, you're ridiculous. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? You're fine. And why are you going to try to lose 20 pounds before you get pregnant? Like, that's just kind of silly, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm like obese. I'm not in any kind of health danger getting, gaining a little bit more weight. So we decided to kind of just, you know, let it be and like see. And I ended up getting pregnant in the first month that we tried, like literally right away. So when I found out, I was kind of like, whoa, because I thought it was going to take a long time. Like, I know a few people that have struggled with becoming pregnant. And I was like, for some reason, I had convinced myself it was going to take me like six months. So I was like, oh, I'll just like kind of try to diet and lean out a little bit while we're trying. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, you're pregnant like right now. So (laughs) which was exciting. Like it was it's definitely what we wanted. But for me, it was kind of like a bit of a wake up call. Like you can't stress about your body anymore. Like, and kind of the same thing as you, it's like all of a sudden your, your mindset flips almost immediately. Like as -hmm. soon as you, as soon as you're like, Whoa, I'm growing a human. Like this is not about me anymore. Yeah, I'm not focusing on myself barely ever. Like anything I do during the day, it's like, if it come in terms of like taking care of myself, it's folk. It, I'm doing it because of my baby, because of my my child that I'm gr- trying to grow and take care of, right? Like, so it's pretty crazy, like how fast that your mindset changes. And like, I truly believe that everything happened for a reason. And I definitely think that although I could have gotten to like a full recovery on my own, I think that this is like very good for me. Um, and it happened at the perfect time because I was. 
I wanted to, and I said to Isaac too, when we were going to try, I'm like, I think I want to compete one more time before we have babies. And he was kind of like, meh, because he just wants to be a dad so bad. Like it's his dream to be a dad when he's younger. And like, that's cool. But for me, I was like, no, I think I want to compete again. And then but I kind of said like, we'll see. And then, like I said, I didn't think I was going to get pregnant. So whatever. But uh, like, I'm just so glad that it happened the way that it did, because I feel like the mindset that I was in pre-pregnancy, if I had gone back into an intense prep, I would have probably gone through the exact same thing that I went through last time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I wasn't at the right place of self-love to start something else. So yeah, I'm just finding like recently, like, especially over the past month, like now that I'm feeling my baby move and my body's changing, but the only frustrating thing for me has been like, I need to buy more clothes. Cause my body has been through the runner the past two years. So I've got like these tiny clothes and then I've got medium clothes. And then, so I just, I need to support myself a little bit more that way and stop squeezing into my size four Lulu's. But, um, uh, otherwise like I am like really enjoying it. I'm enjoying being pregnant. I'm actually like looking at my body and like, especially now that like people can tell I'm pregnant when they look at me, I feel like the most confident I've ever felt in my life, which you would think it would have been like, I I can't remember what I, it's probably about a 50 pound difference from show day. 56, mm-hmm. almost 60 pounds, like, which is mind blowing for me to say out loud. I don't know if I've ever even told anybody but you, but yeah, it's like literally 60 pounds from show day, which is absolutely insane and like you tell anyone that they're gonna be like what like how can that be even even healthy and like I'm I'm a different person I carry weight very differently but uh but yeah it's it's now that I think of it it's literally 60 pounds from when I stepped on stage yeah my mine was 95 at the end my 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 stage rate was 108 and I well I guess it's pretty close so it'd be my stage weight was 108 on my lowest prep and my highest weight in pregnancy was 200 decimal two. Yeah. So it's fucking nuts. That's like half a person. That's half a fucking person. And like you and me get this, but like if you have never been somebody who has seen your body go through extreme transformation, it's hard to really grasp, but like going through 50 pound weight loss, 60 pound weight loss, 70, whatever you really you a you have a wardrobe that wardrobe that has like many different sizes but then you also just you have a different perception with weight like somebody who's always been around the same weight they like it doesn't fluctuate very much whereas like if you've been somebody who's always had like 10 pounds is nothing to you right it's like to gain 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds is like happens pretty quickly like couple good days you drop it couple bad days it goes right back up like me and you have body types that it really does swing pretty aggressively which for some people they'll be like whoa is that healthy but like sometimes it's just your body like the smallest little thing makes it react like really crazy yeah yeah it's actually nuts like my it's true my body weight fluctuates so much and it's just all dependent too on how you carry it for like people perceiving me like 
personally, I don't feel like I look like I've gained 60 pounds, but like, I don't know, maybe people think that, but like, also I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. feel like I've gained 60 pounds, but according to the scale I have, which that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's <laughs> like now I love that we're both at this place that like, fuck the scale. Yes. I get excited because I'm in prep and all that kind of shit, but I actually don't care. Like, all in all, I actually don't give a shit about the number. It's like my my mm-hmm. weight could be this number or that number, and it's like literally just that number that day, and I am at peace that it does not uh, validate me. It does not mean I'm a good person or a bad person or an mm-hmm. attractive person. Or It's like it's a fucking number. I, I, I've literally been like, you know what? You are just a number. We're using it as a tool in my competition prep, but to – finally be at a place with a relationship with the scale like that it's like yo like that that is like liberation of struggle that that I've been going through for years and even my relationship with food I'm like it's it's so funny it's so so funny to me because I'm like in this place where I have never felt better about my relationship with food in terms of I can have things around me and I'm not like fear of missing out the entire time. Like I'm just, people can eat donuts and pizza and whatever around me. And I'm not like, Oh, I can't wait till my show's over so I can have that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just at a place of like, right now I'm just kind of doing my competition prep, but I'm not like, Oh, I can't wait for my like prep to be over so that I can eat X, Y, and Z like flexible dieting throughout my prep has really allowed me to be like, it's cool. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a place that like, I can't even name a food that I'm excited to have after prep because I've literally had every food throughout prep. Like I've had energy drinks and, um, protein bars and like me and you had those protein donuts when we were in Ohio and Mm -hmm. all of that doing that like every day is I'm like you know what I can still get lean and include all these foods and life is dandy and that has been so liberating to realize that like I don't need to eat super healthy all of the time to get to my goals so how do you think that flexible dieting and your exposure to macros has influenced your food? Do you feel like it had a positive or a negative impact? Because I know that we eventually moved to intuitiveness, but do you think macros played a role in your relationship with food over the over the past couple of years? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like macros really opened my eyes to what, like what actually, what you're putting into your body. Like people don't really realize like the nutritional content of things that you're eating in terms of I was always calories, calories, calories is all that matters. And yes, when you're trying to be in a deficit at the end of the day, a calorie deficit is what's going to get you there. But a lot of it is what makes up those calories as well. And learning that and learning how to incorporate like treats and stuff that I like into my day and and it's, it's been so cool and it's been very like liberating for me that way as well because I started to develop this like freedom when it came to dieting. I didn't feel like I was – I mean every stage is different. Like obviously when it was closer to show day, you are making some cuts just to, you know, taking out dairy and taking out certain preservatives and stuff if you need to. It just depends on the person. Like I don't react well when I eat dairy or Mm -hmm. stuff that's processed. I know that. So that's why we took it out. 
Mm-hmm. But um, some people can eat dairy up to show day and get just as lean and that's fine. That's just mm-hmm. their body. But um, I've also just found that for one thing, it really benefited me because I was so – I tracked everything every day for so long. And then when I decided to int- incorporate intuitive eating, I found I was still able to mentally track in a way where I was still making sure I was getting my protein intake – because I knew, you know, how much protein I needed. And I could kind of eyeball and guess like how much I was getting. Because once you track for so long, you eventually get to the point where like, I was still measuring my food, but I didn't really have to for certain Mm -hmm. things. Like, you know, right? You look at something and you're like, oh, that's 100 grams. And it would usually be around 100 grams. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like we get to that point where you've done it so many times. So I found that once I started intuitively eating, like it was great because macros and learning about flexible dieting had set me up so that I was able to mentally still kind of stay within the realm that I needed to be in. Um, As well as like, I found with, uh, with flexible dieting, it, it changed my relationship with food in a sense that I wasn't, I don't know, like you just kind of assess it a little bit more. And it kind of makes you feel like I used to just think, oh, you eat vegetables and fruit because vegetables and fruit are healthy. But then it started to be, no, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I'm getting veggies because then I am getting enough fiber and then I feel better. And like over the past three years, almost three years, I've developed this insane awareness that I've never experienced in my life. Like I am so aware of when my body is in a good place or when my body is in a not so good place. I'm like this self-awareness that I've, that we've created through paying attention to what you're eating and how it affects you. Like, that's really cool too. And like, even throughout pregnancy, it's been like, cause you feel a lot of different things while you're pregnant. Like, you know, you feel certain things you've never felt before, but I find that paying attention to my food and really like analyzing like how certain things are making me feel as well has been beneficial to me now because Again, with intuitive eating, which obviously right now I'm intuitively eating. I'm not tracking while I'm pregnant. So I eat things and then, you know, how do I feel after I ate that? And that's like kind of a nice way to like, you're still kind of tracking in a sense. You're you're keeping track of like how certain things make you feel. And like, I know this food makes, makes me feel good and it's healthy and it's going to help my baby grow. So yeah, I'm going to eat this or, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't. And, like, same with, like, serving sizes now, too. Like, they say when you're pregnant, you're eating for two. But, like, I feel like I can eat a serving or sometimes two, depending on what it is. Like, ice cream, I definitely don't eat one serving because that's not very much. But, (laughs) like, just, I don't know, just, like, eating enough. And you don't have to eat until you feel sick anymore. You don't have to overeat until it's, like, gone or get rid of it. Yeah, It's like, no, it's okay because it's going to be there tomorrow because I can – either work that into my macros or I know that I can work that into my day because I just know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can eat a bowl of cereal and not be like, I have to eat the entire box of cereal. Yeah. Like that tomorrow. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's a game changer. If anybody's been through this and listening guys, like, you know what I know if you haven't been through it, maybe you, it sounds like we're crazy, but (laughs) if you've been through that shit, it's literally like, 
you, when you have something, you need to eat absolutely the entire, like the entire box, the entire bag. Like you cannot stop because you need to get it out of the house. And when you get to a place where you're like, okay, it's cool. Like I can have a bowl of that. Like, it's just like, it's a whole new life. So I want to give people some really actionable shit that they can do right now if they're caught up in all of this. So they're caught up in the cycle of feeling like binge deprived, binge deprived, binge deprived, and they can't escape. Let's give them some like hard and fast things that they can try to uh, get out of it. Okay. You don't have to get pregnant, guys. I know that's what we've been talking about being our saving grace, but it was that that's kind of what happened for us. But I think we got some tools in our toolkit that we could uh, that we could suggest. So the first thing I want to say associated with binge eating is that it is a possibility that you need to go and talk with somebody. Guys, sometimes we think we can fight this battle on our own, but talking with somebody allows us the ability to speak and and get those emotions out versus trying to push those emotions down as far as we can by using food as a comfort. So that's the first thing I want to say is like, if it's really something that's occurring on a regular basis, and like, you know that it's just emotional, like it's, it's emotions that you're trying to mask and things that you're not facing head on, like step number one is talking to a counselor or talking to somebody that works in the space of eating disorders. And there's no harm in just reaching out to either me or Courtney and asking us like, do you guys know somebody that I could talk to in relation to this? Or if you just want to talk to us and talk about your experiences, we're here for you as well. And then the second thing I want to say as a tip is something I talked about in one of my cardio conversations, as well as talking with Lisa Marie about it on a Patless podcast, is that guys, you really can't try to white knuckle it like day in and day out. Like you gotta try to work in the fun stuff like every day so that you're not to that build up point of like four really fucking awesome days and then three really shitty days, right? Like don't try to be so perfect and clean, like so many days in a row, like, yes, there's going to be like, say you work something into your day on a Monday, and it turns into a binge, right? Like it turns into a binge, because it is something that's really a trigger food for you. And it's not, um, yeah, it's not something that you feel as though you can control right now. That's okay, we're going to select a different food that doesn't cause that trigger reaction for you. Like I know for some of my clients, like if they have a protein bar, they're fine. But if they have like a cookie, they're not fine. And they have to eat like all of the cookies. So you can still try to get like a protein bar that has the taste of a cookie, if it's going to be a way that you can like, have a more successful Monday versus waiting till Friday. Now, Courtney, what are some things that you tried or that you think our audience could try? Um, Personally, for myself, I would say, like kind of what you're saying about like you have to recognize your own foods that trigger you to binge so for the first part when you're very vulnerable like say if you're coming out of a show and you're gonna binge my experience it didn't matter what it was I would binge on anything I would binge on chicken and sweet potato I would binge on (laughs) literally anything but that was at just at the very beginning when I was like very vulnerable and it was just I wanted something in my mouth like I wanted to eat something it didn't matter what it was um but then getting into the point where it was more of like deeper into it where I was binging on certain foods it almost always was the same things 
it would always be peanut butter or it would always be I'm trying to think it was a lot of like sweet foods it was never like salty mm-hmm. me too um, always sweet like cheesecake and pie and like yeah. desserts and ice cream fuck ice cream <laughs> I would just sit there and be like whoa I just ate a fucking tub of ice cream and like my stomach a I can't have dairy and I didn't well I kind of knew it but I was fucking ignoring it forever but I would sit there and my stomach would be in so much knots and then I would feel like I had diarrhea like can it come out it's like yeah. too much information but like literally my system was just like don't fucking eat dairy and um yeah so definitely with yeah triggers 100% guys you uh-huh. if there's something that's too much of a trigger it's the same thing for like as cocaine or alcohol or any other addiction if it's something that is a trigger food and no matter what it always triggers you for the time being it's not something i would include until you're out of that really really sensitive and vulnerable space the other <laughs> part guys is you got to eat food in front of people because that's the biggest thing is that like when we're caught up in binge eating, we want to always eat in secrecy and forcing yourself to eat in front of other people, I think is a really positive step in terms of creating a better relationship with food. And that's making a deal with yourself. Like, yes, there's going to be times when like, no matter what you have, you are going to have to eat alone because you have nobody around. But like, making an honest promise to yourself saying like I'm not going to be secretive anymore with my eating I'm going to if I want to eat ice cream I'm going to eat ice cream in front of people instead of being like the only time I can eat I eat ice cream is when people aren't watching me yeah that's exactly something that I was going to say too is that um, my husband helped me a lot with that because I would always like for me it was I had to still kind of plan, but I would plan in like treats, but I'd always be like, I'm never going to do this alone anymore. Like I was the exact same way I made a pact with myself. I'm like, I will never do this alone. If I'm going to do it, I need you or I need a friend or I need somebody here because I I know that I will stop myself sooner if I'm with someone else. And especially being around somebody that recognizes that behavior is like, they will stop you. Like I have friends that like a few, very select few of my close friends knew exactly what was happening. And they would literally say like, one of my best friends I remember, she's like, dude, you need to stop. Like just chill for a second. She took the food away from me. And at the time I was pissed. I was like, why are you doing this to me? I'm an adult. But looking back, like I needed that at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one more thing too that I kind of thought of was uh, just – adding like a special or different twist onto foods that you already like. So like something that I used a lot was uh, dressing up either my oats or my smoothies. So I made a ton of smoothie bowls while I was going through kind of like my recovery phase. And I would incorporate different things like putting like melting different types of peanut butter and putting coconut flakes and all like using all more natural sweet things, but still kind of felt like I was eating a bowl of ice cream, but I was getting my smoothie with my protein powder and my greens in it. So stuff like that. And like same with proats, like putting my protein powder in my oats, but I would put like a Reese's peanut butter cup in it and let it melt, but I would track it. But it was like, that was kind of my way too of like incorporating things. But that Mm -hmm. comes with practice because there was a time that I could have done that and I would have put one in and then I would have ate the rest. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of know yourself like I went through probably about 
I would say three to four months where I didn't buy peanut butter. I didn't have it in my house or cereal. Cereal mm-hmm. slash granola and peanut yeah. butter were my two really big, really bad trigger foods. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would eat a box of granola with my hands. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I stopped buying it. And then now I have a box of granola that's been sitting on my fridge for like three months. I haven't even touched it. Yeah, And it's like, it's crazy, but... So now I know I can have it in the house, but there was a point in time where I had to stop buying it. Mm-hmm. And certain things you might have to do that with, unfortunately, but I promise cutting them out for temporarily, like eventually you will kind of forget about them. And it's really hard at the start, but it will happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll mm-hmm. get over it eventually if you work for it and and still incorporate certain treats into that. And too, like, I know like eating out can kind of be a trigger for some people, but Personally, for me, if like I really wanted a donut, then I would go to Tim's and I would get a donut. I wouldn't go to Zara's and buy a box of 12 donuts. Exactly. That's another thing, like buying one of stuff instead of buying it in a pack. Mm -hmm. That's another good way to start trying to get out of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, we have been talking for quite a bit of time here. I just looked at the timer. I was like, shit, okay. Oh, it's going to be a great episode, though. People are going to love it. Um, so where can people find you online, Miss Courtney? Um, they can find me on Instagram mostly. I have Facebook, but um, it's not really anything. I post mostly on my Instagram, which is Courtney L. Dales. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I have Twitter, but I don't post. I literally don't exist on Twitter. I just read other people's stuff. I'm just a creep. So love it. (laughs) That's awesome. So cool. Just on Insta. And like Ange said, if anyone out there listening has ever struggled or is currently struggling, I'm like, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I'm more than willing. And I've actually, I'm just finishing up my diploma in fitness and health. So I've been expanding my knowledge and I'm trying to research you know, kind of on the side as well. So I am starting to kind of build my build my trunk full of stuff to, and tools to pull out for people. And I definitely don't know as much as Ange, but uh, we're definitely a great team. And like, I love working with her or you, I guess I'm speaking to you. But <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, it's been awesome. And but yeah, anybody feel free to reach out if you ever need anything or just somebody to talk to. If you feel like you've gone through something similar to me, never be shy because I'm always willing to answer questions or support and I love to uh, support you as well. So cool. like, come visit me on Instagram and I'll visit you on Instagram as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Court. So guys, I just need to let you know, Courtney is going to be a superstar trainer. She's kind of just like just finishing her school and she's got all these amazing life experiences that are going to set her up for long-term success with helping people really change their lives. Like I'm just, I'm so pumped to see where the next few years go for you because I just feel like you're so down to earth. You are just so giving, so loving and just inspiring so many people to show up in this world as their authentic self because that's the way that you always choose to show up. If if you guys choose to go and check out her Instagram, you will not be disappointed. She's so real and authentic and everything that Courtney shares is like, this is the reality of what I'm going through right now. I'm sure there's one of you guys that are out there that are feeling it too. So like know that you're not alone. And I just think there's so much power in that, Courtney. So thank you so much. 
No problem. This was awesome. I was so nervous, but it's just like talking to you on any other one of the million Skype calls we've had in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was tons of fun. So we better wrap it up the way that we always wrap it up here. And Courtney Dales, how would you like to be remembered? I would like people to remember me as somebody who is strong and has overcame multiple obstacles. And I really want, you know, in the future, as somebody who is a great mom and a great person. And hmm, I should have thought of this because I knew you were going to ask me. (laughs) No, what you said is is perfect. I think that like, if anybody knows you, they know that you have the biggest heart girl. You are always giving. Guys, Courtney drove. She's halfway through her pregnancy. She drove all the way to Ohio, which I don't know, like six and a half hours or something batshit crazy each way to do my hair and makeup and experience the Arnolds. And she's just like this type of person who is always giving, 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 expecting nothing in return. And yeah, you're the bomb, girl. You're totally the bomb. (laughs) I love you. You're going to make me cry, me and my emotions. I'm like trying Mm. to speak and I'm also going to cry at the same time. It's hormonal, Mm. but I'm also a crier, which you know, so. Yeah, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, you're great. So thanks again for joining me, my dear. That's a wrap, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And I want you to know that if you're struggling, you don't have to do this alone. Reach out to myself or reach out to Courtney and know that we're here to support you. Even just getting those emotions off your chest and talking to somebody about it can really make a big difference. So reach out to us. We are here to support you. And we're also here to show you that you can come out on the other side if binge eating is something that you're currently struggling with. Now, there may be somebody in your life who could really appreciate the content from today's podcast. If so, please share it with them. You really can make a difference in somebody's life just by giving them some tips or tools or just that awareness that you can overcome these obstacles that are in your way. And that's all for me this week, guys. Know that I appreciate that you took time out of your busy life to to listen to today's episode. And we will catch you next time. Bye for now.